And, um, of course, the country hits. Can't forget those. Y'all come back saloon. Everybody loves that song. Um, Elvira, Bobby Sue, Sail Away. And that's just the, not even the tip of the iceberg. So, Joe, welcome to the Robert Christian Show. Well, thank you, Robert. It's an honor to be with you today. I'm at my farm up on the Tennessee-Kentucky line and uh, trying to find a quiet spot around here to do this thing. And you know what? Everywhere is a quiet spot out here. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but but I live here in Seattle, and I've, I've been here for 26 years, but everything in Seattle is completely locked down. It's a yeah. ghost town here. So back where you live, um, uh, Joe, is it sort of like that all the time? Or have you noticed people really staying in and staying away? I have noticed everybody adhering to, I think, the, um, the rules that the powers that be are telling us to do. I know I've been more fortunate than most because Mary and I, uh, we've, had, we've lived on Old Hickory Lake in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and we've got a, a nice moderate home there with a, lot, a little ground around it. But um, we also have this farm up here about 72 miles away from Hendersonville that we bought 22 years ago. It's about 350 acres here in the middle of nowhere, right on the Tennessee-Kentucky line. Nice cabin. I'm in it right now talking to you. And um, at least one thing I've been able to do, means the Oak Ridge Boys and all music acts are, have been shut down, uh, is, is communicate, commune from my house to the farm. It's for me a little bit. I, I usually try to stay at home with her for about five days in a row. Then I drive out here and mow grass, weed eat, then drive back home. It's uh, It's been a nice respite for me to have both places to come to. And fortunately, all of my family, my daughters, my, my grandkids, my grandson who's in the Navy, my granddaughter, my great-grandson, um, everybody and my wife, we're all, we're all doing fine. And uh, we're very thankful for that. But these are strange times, man, to be sure. And like you say, Seattle's shut down. And most everybody around here has been staying home. The state is starting to loosen up starting today. There there are restaurants, you know, with all these rules. I, I don't know how this is going to work out, but some things are starting to open and ease a little bit in Tennessee. But it's going to be a long time, Robert, before we all get back to normal here. You know, I'm looking at probably, you know, a year to 18 months um, at a minimum because this is uh, this virus mess. It is, it's absolutely devastating. It's devastating a lot of families. Um, no income, uh, no jobs, no, no anything. And and so a lot of people are really um, I don't know, in a way, maybe they're they're looking back at their roots, where they came from, where they started. And like, you know what? Hey, I need some inspiration here. You know what I mean? I do know exactly what you mean, sir, and, and I, I do think it's been a great time of reflection. It's also been a great time of hurt. I mean, let's talk about the music industry alone. I don't care about your genre of music. I don't care what level you are, superstar with a big tour or a starting out group just trying to make it playing clubs or, or, or the legendary old guys in the middle like us who are uh, very much depending upon uh, income from 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 shows that we do. That's where our our main source of income is. And when they flip the switch on the whole music industry, I mean, just think about it: lighting guys, sound guys, booking agents, managers, the group themselves or the act themselves, everybody that works for them, their staff, their crew, their band, uh, the venues we play, all of the big theaters and arenas and everything else. Everything's shut down, and all the employees shut down with it. So. 
uh, th these are really, really very trying times for all of us. I know for the Oak Ridge boys, we're the old guys. We talk for years. We've answered retirement <laughs> questions. You guys are in your 70s. My gosh, one guy's in his 80s. When are you guys going to retire? <laughs> well, retire from what, man? We love to sing, and thankfully, we're still singing good. Our last show on March 14th, Myrtle Beach, Alabama. Theater was packed. Big show, big time, rocking, man. We come off stage eating sushi in the back of the bus, laughing, watching SEAL Team on TV, having no idea that when we got home, those buses were going to stay parked now for two months, just about two months. And, um, and, and dates have canceled all the way through till August. We have a few guys hanging on in July that have us booked, <laughs> and hopefully they'll play, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know when we're all going to get back. And, and then how does, it, how's it, how does it act like us? play to a theater that's 33% full with people sitting six people apart. How do you take a big band and show and everything in there and play? I, I don't know how that's done. Some of these people are saying it'll be, like you just said, maybe even 18 months to two years before music comes back. Well, if that's the case, I guess I'm retired. You know, that's sad, though. I mean, this is, I'm, I mean, you know, for some groups, not not saying the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, for an example, but for some groups, you know, this really could be an early retirement for them and where they they say, you know what, I'm just going to throw in the throw in the towel uh, and that's it. We're done. And I mean, what do you do after that? Well, that could happen. And I would never call it retirement, even if we have to shut it all down for a year or so. Because we'll, uh, if we're all still healthy and can still sing, I see the Oak Ridge Boys then putting together a nice tour a couple of years from now. You know, a nice big tour, maybe a big summertime tour, man, where we play all the all the fairs and all the. I don't know. That might be a pipe dream. I'm just not sure right now, Robert. There's so much uncertainty in the air, and you mentioned spiritual things, and I think this is a time when people need to find their spiritual core. I got a wonderful call the other night from Jimmy Fortune. I know we'll talk about the Statlers a little bit later on, but Jimmy, you know, sang with the Statlers yes. for a lot of years after Lou DeWitt passed away. And Jimmy and I are good friends and have been for a long time. He called me the other night and he said, you know what, man, I'm trying to find God in all of this and I think I'm finding him. The birds are still making nests and making laying eggs and making babies. The sky's still blue. The sun's coming up. The moon's rising. The grass is growing on and on and on. None of that is affected. Only we are affected. Maybe God's talking to us right now. Maybe this is his way of saying, hey man, we've all got away from him. I want to bring you closer. Absolutely, and, Joe. And I believe that in my heart that God is saying something to us. If we're listening, it's there. And I have been listening. I've been praying every day. I've been listening. Me and my wife pray. And we're praying for guidance. And for me, I'm, I'm a little better off than some. You know, I've made a pretty good living. I've got a pretty good retirement account that I can lean on at least and for a while, I guess. But, you know, we want to sing. The Oak Ridge Boys want to sing. That's what we do. That's what we are. We have a group that has a history that goes all the way back to World War II. We're a part of America. And if we have to shut down because of this, I think it would be very, very sad, but I'm counting on God to lead us and to guide us and to be there for us. And I know I'm there for him and I know he's there for me. So I'm looking for blessings every day. Well, Joe, I am, you know, I am uh, really beside myself, I guess, in a way, because I listen to uh, the Oak Ridge Boys quite frequently and, and some others, they may 
be like, you know, let's get into the seventies. Let's enjoy some of the, the disco era. But, you know, for me and my, my, my soul, my, you know, down where I live, I've always enjoyed country music. I always did. I still do. Um, and Southern gospel. And you guys have, have come up with some fantastic Southern gospel songs that you've, that you've recorded over the years. And, but do you find yourself, uh, being really when you're when you're singing southern gospel when you do that do you mm -hmm. find yourself as a as a messenger that there's something within you that that, that just thrives in that uh, in that field of music oh i love southern gospel you know so it was southern gospel that turned me on as a young man changed my whole life and i always wanted to sing in a quartet and i've been doing that my whole life i joined the oakridge boys at age 25 and now i'm about to turn 72 so I've been here a long time, and those other guys have been here longer. I'm the new guy. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, yes, sir, I, I love Southern gospel music. I love the gospel. So I love singing gospel music from time to time. We don't make our living in gospel anymore, and I'm thankful for that, to be honest. Uh, we make our living singing country songs and commercial music, but we have the big audience and the big opportunity to throw a lot of gospel in there. And we do. We pay tribute to our roots all the time and sing gospel. And I think we are messengers. I think everything we do, we are messengers. I think the way you live your life, the way you carry yourself, I think you're always an example to those who look up to you in some way. So I know, I know we all try to, to be good stewards. Um, I, I work with three other men that are forward-thinking, good, honest, Christian men, never know quitting anybody. And that's why this time is so hard for us, for Dwayne Allen, William Lee Golden, Richard Sturban, myself. This is tough. I, I, I saw Dwayne the other day. I, I shot a little um, video for AARP Fraud Watch. The Oak Ridge Boys are spokesmen right now for AARP uh, Fraud Watch Alert uh, mm. because of all the scams that happen. And we do a lot of videos for them and a lot of tweets as well. But um, I saw Dwayne. He came over for that shoot. I did it at my house with a PR guy and Dwayne came with him. And uh, it was just so good to see him. And then just yesterday I stopped to get gas at a gas station in Hendersonville on my way to my farm here, and I run into Richard. And I hadn't seen <laughs> Richard. We've been on some conference calls business-wise, of course, but uh, to figure out how we're going to navigate. But I hadn't seen Richard since March or Dwayne. And it was just so good to see those guys, man. Just so good to see them. We miss singing. We miss jumping on that bus together and, and riding to your town, man, and putting up everything and putting on a big show. I mean, it's what we are. It's what we've always been. And kind of weird to think that a, a, a virus, a pandemic is going to shut us down forever. I mean, it's just really hard to, um, hard, hard to um, decompress on that thought. Well, Joe, a, a, a shot in the dark. Um, uh, this, this is, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm a nerd because I, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm sort of a nerd. And so I decided, you know, because I follow a lot of the, uh, the, the trends, a lot of the groups uh, that I grew up listening to, uh, including uh, uh, Oak Ridge. And I found that, that you guys had an old bus years ago. It was an old legal bus uh, that you guys named Elvira. And when you sold it, um, it, well, it since went to auction, but uh, the bus was sold. And um, uh, you guys had some personal effects that you left in there. Um, one of them was like a picture. One was like a business card from from uh, from one of you that was uh, kind of shoved in the wall. And somebody found it, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that that's really a a um, a good selling point." Hey, this was their their 
card, you know, and I, I was just laughing about this because it went to somebody bought it. Um, and I was like, you know what, whoever got that bus was really a lucky dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a real piece of history. That bus went through a lot of stuff. And of course, we, you know, we all ride those big prevosts now. But the only thing we ever took out of that bus, there was a big mirror that said Oaks, O-A-K-S, down the, down the mirror. We took that from the old bus and put it in our in the buses we travel in now. So there is a little piece of that old bus with us as well. But I'll tell you, those guys that bought the bus, and I remember the video, seeing that video of the guy shooting through the bus. Oh, here's the Oak Ridge Boys old bus. Yeah. And when he got Bunk. My bunk was full of backstage passes for like 25 years. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> stuck on the walls with my Philly stuff. Everything was still in there. Well, I'm surprised that you guys didn't keep the 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 the, the front cap. You guys had Elvira um, up on the top up there uh, for the name of it, and I'm surprised that you guys did not take that with you. Well, I'll tell you, you know, those Eagles had a scroll up there in the front of the bus. You can name that bus anything you want. We had everything in the world on that scroll. I mean, everything. I mean, you know, from <laughs> nobody you know to Johnny Cash show. I mean, we, we just had everything. And we'd roll up a different thing almost every day, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, the, I don't know what it is about country uh, country music legends, but I tell you, when they pull into town, everybody knows it. Um, you guys were in Las Vegas. You did a lot of shows in Vegas. Um, of course, you've done uh, Nashville, obviously. Uh, and coast to coast, but are you guys planning on any trips to the West Coast? Well, we had a big West Coast trip planned in July, and about 10, 10 of the 12 dates that were booked fell out. So I don't know if we're going to play those other two yet or what. I, I just don't know. What we're trying to do is claw our way to August. Right now, our date book in August is so full, from August actually till the end of the year, because all the dates that were canceled – this is a good thing. We're, most of them were postponed, some to next year, like some of the fairs that canceled. Obviously, you know, they don't play again until next year. They've rebooked us for next year at the fair. But most of the theaters and performing arts centers and things like that, and a few outdoors amphitheaters, all moved to August or September, October, mostly to August. So our August is so full, it's amazing. And just three dates so far have fallen out of there. And one of them was a building that was hit by a tornado that was understood up in Kentucky. And yeah. one was a county fair that booked us, two were county fairs that booked till next year. But right now, August is full. If they will allow concerts really to come back, if something would happen, I mean, this is the uncertainty, of course. But if there was, say, a, a, a vaccine that was fast-tracked, it could, you know, everybody get a magic potion here and send this thing, you know, back to hell where it came from. Um, perhaps, maybe just perhaps, if we claw our way to August, we can just start singing again and all this will be forgotten. You know, going back to, to music for, for just a second, but you know what? I have I have like three really good questions, I, and I did write them down so I wouldn't forget them. Uh, okay. Hey, I'm just that way. But going back to music, though, and going back to our roots, um, my mom, she told me years ago, she said, I want you to go to church with me. And I, I kind of looked at her cross-eyed, and she, she told me, she said, you'll like the music. Well, I thought, okay, what do I have to lose? I like music. I like gospel music. I like uh, country music. 
right? And right. so I went, and you know what? I fell in love with the music. It was a, 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 it was something so totally new to me with the with the drums and the guitars and the skill uh, steel guitars and the organ going off and and the the piano and all this. And I mean, it was absolutely one of the most uh, beautiful sounds I think that I've ever heard was in that church. But you know, again, you know, going back to our roots. But let me ask you something. Uh, you know specifically that I do have written down. If you had a ch uh, if you had a chance to do it all over again, Joe, would you? Every second of every day, yes, sir. I don't I don't regret anything from growing up in the streets of Philadelphia like I did, to starting my own little Faith Four Gospel Quartet that I worked out of my basement in Philly, and uh, my life there, my life beyond that with the Keystone Quartet and then the Keystones, eventually joining the Oak Ridge Boys. I wouldn't change one second of one day. That is awesome. You know, for, for me, if I had to do it all, all over again, I would probably say, hey, I want to go and, and just become a brain surgeon, um, make a little bit more money that way, right? But no, I mean, for me, uh, communications and, and uh, news talk has been a part of my, my, my blood for years. And although, you know, in my family, you know, they're all doctors, nurses, or preachers. Uh, and here I am uh, in left field in media, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the, the, the only one standing, which that's, that has its, uh, its advantages. But as far as family goes, Joe, I was going to say, though, we all do what we do, man. I bet the rest of your family don't have that voice that you have right there either. So there you no, go. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's taken me years, though, to to develop um, a, a good radio voice. Not everybody has one. And no. sometime I'd just be sitting in the living room and just start talking and saying something. And, and everybody's like, oh, wait a second. Don't talk in that voice. We're not on the radio. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, this is just me, you know, but um, I would imagine you probably come up with, with things like that, too, with your family. And they go, Joe, you're not on stage. <laughs> yeah, all the time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as your, your your personal family and all the travels that you've made around the United States and maybe even to, to other countries, right. um, does it make you feel homesick? When I'm on the road? Absolutely. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, I, I love home. I've always had a good mix, and the Oak Ridge Boys have known how to do this. We've done it for so long, but there's a good mix of being at home and being on the road. There's nothing I enjoy more than pulling into my driveway, being home, or coming out here to this farm. It's it's just all heaven to me, and I've got a wonderful wife and and uh, a great family. So, I mean, home is home is my harbor. But then again, I got to tell you. When it's time to get on that bus and see all the guys and see the band and the crew and we're heading out somewhere to sing, I love that too. So I've had a wonderful life here, man. I'm, I sound like James Stewart there, but I've had a wonderful life, George. Well, you you did mention your your kids and your grandkids. Um, are any of them going into music like like you did? No, I have no musicians in my family. My grandson Luke, who's in the Navy right now, he's 21. Uh, he plays some pretty doggone good guitar, and he's really put a lot of hard work into it. I don't know if he if he'll ever be professional in his guitar playing, but he does love music and loves to play. And all my family loves music, uh, but there, there's no music people in my family. My my daughters, they're not out here. They can't sing a lick, to be honest. You know those people in church that sing "Amazing Grace, How Sweet." Right, right, right. <laughs> and you want to shoot them? Well, my both my daughters. 
<laughs> sing like that. So they're not professionals. Now, Dwayne Allen, that's a different story. His wife sings on the Grand Ole Opry. His uh, daughter, his son is a, is a little rock and, is a rock and roll guy. He's had a band called Tall Dark Stranger for years. His daughter, Jamie, and her husband and Dwayne's four grandkids have a group called Rockland Road. And they all sing their tails off, man. Look up Rockland Road sometime. You won't believe it. It's Dwayne's family. So he's got a whole family full of music. Golden's kind of the same way. Uh, all of his, well, two of his three, two of his four sons are, are musically inclined and make, make their living singing. And uh, um, Richard, Richard's like me. No. <laughs> Well, you know, I I'm kin to uh, uh, to Goldens uh, and and the Harpers. Uh, that's uh, um, you know part of on my mother's side of the family. That's that's our heritage is the Goldens and Harpers. But you know, it's 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 kind of amazing because I mean I I hear what you're saying as far as some people in church when they're singing, some are no offense to them, um, but but they're tone deaf. Yeah, but you're glad they're singing, but you're sorry you're hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it. it Hey, I've always threatened, and I was—it well, was a threat. I said, "You know what? I'm going to sing a solo. Nobody can hear it. Um, you trust me. Nobody wants to." Um, but you know what? I I want to get in just for for a minute or two before we um, uh, uh, talk about Harold. But um, what kind of new projects are upcoming, um, or did you guys have planned for this year, or perhaps for next year? Anything new on the horizon? We are definitely going to record a new album, and we may do that before this month is over. I'm guessing we may do it in June or June and July, but we're definitely planning to record a new album, whether or not we go back on the road ever again in our lives. We are going to do a new album with David Cobb producing uh, our last album with David, our last two actually, Down Home Christmas and 17th Avenue Revival. Our latest two albums were produced by young Dave Cobb, one of the great young producers in town. And he always takes us to a new level creatively. So new music is the backbone of what you do. Fun to sing all the old songs. They all have a time and a space. But new music is always fun. And it keeps the creative juices flowing in a positive direction. So we are going to go in the studio. At least that's the plan for right now. Whether or not we ever sing on stage till August, hopefully. Or until next year, who knows? Well, I hope that you guys do, and and trust me, when it comes to to this virus, um, you know, as it's it's preaching to the choir because there there are so many people that are are devastated, um, families that have lost loved ones uh, as a result of this, and and the the response of of our government um, has been very slow. Um, of course, w dealing with Congress, everything is slow, as we all know. Um, right. You know, they, they, the old pastime saying, you know, it'll take an act of Congress. Well, this has pretty well done that, and it's, it's taken its toll. Um, but, you know, how much of this that, that the average American can take, I don't know. Well, um, it's not us. If there's one thing this whole thing has taught us, and it's taught me anyway, it's not about me. It's not even about us. It's about the whole world here. That's I mean, right. everybody's, everybody's in this situation. And there ain't a country in the world that was prepared for this kind of thing to happen. And I think overall, we've done a pretty good job with it. Uh, there's a, I, I don't know sometimes that we didn't overreact to it. Uh, in fact, I'm kind of positive we did. But I'm sure it was all on the side of safety. And I just can't believe what's going on. I, I sometimes feel like this whole thing is a weird dream and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be in my bunk in Sheboygan about to do a fair. 
Uh, but that's not happening. Every day we wake up, this is still going on. We're all home. We're all sequestered. People are dying. People are on both sides of the political aisle arguing about how to do what. And we've got experts that are supposed experts that I don't know how expert they are. Really, I don't know, man. It's all it's what I just label uncertainty. All I can do is lean upon the everlasting arms right now. And that's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. Joe, you know what? You nailed it. And and just uh, just a few minutes ago, you were talking about Jimmy Fortune. Um, I, I never have interviewed him. I would love to talk to Jimmy. Um, uh, Jimmy Fortune. He is not only a wonderful Christian man, has a great family. The boy can evermore sing. Oh, you are not kidding. You're not kidding. He can. Okay, um, when the Sattler brothers retired 17, believe it or not, years ago, they all retired, but Jimmy Fortune didn't want to retire. He wanted to keep singing, but he didn't know if he could do a solo career. So we took him out with us. <laughs> Jimmy rode on our bus, and we played about, I guess, about five or six dates in a row with Jimmy opening with just him and a guitar. And I got to tell you, the first night, you know, I'm a group guy, too. I can't imagine going out there and putting on a big show without the guys. Jimmy was the same way. He was petrified out there. And he tells the story many times. But on his first night, first song, I stood off the edge of the stage and rolled apples out there at him. And the apples would slowly roll out and hit his foot. <laughs> I finally, after about a dozen apples, he was laughing so hard that he relaxed. And he claims from that moment on, he knew he could do it. Well, you know, his career is is just remarkable. And the Statlers, you know, I used to think that that, that Oak Ridge and the Statlers, that, that you guys were, were direct competitors one to another. But I don't really think that. Not anymore. Um, I just don't. But what do you know about Harold? Well, first of all, let me say that we always had nothing but love and respect for the Statler brothers. They really pioneered the way for us. They were the only four-part harmony group in country music, and they dominated it. And we we just uh, respected them so much. I think the four-part harmony group is where the comparison stopped, though, because we had a totally different approach, a totally different sound than them. I mean, if we were just like the Statlers, there'd have been no reason to be an Oak Ridge Boys. Right. Just like if we sounded like the Eagles, there would have been no reason to be an Oak Ridge Boys. We had our own thing. We still do. And we rock it hard. The Statlers had a little bit more of a stoic, humorous country, a little st more straight up than the Oaks. I mean, they even dressed alike. We've never dressed. We well, we did used to dress alike, <laughs> but we haven't dressed alike in, in decades. But um, they were they were something. And Harold Reed was something, man. I got to tell you, I loved old Harold. Harold was not only a great businessman, a great anchor for their group. A great co-songwriter with his brother, Don. They wrote all them big songs, man. You know, just class of 57 on. I mean, they wrote them all. And he was also the one of the funniest men I've ever known. He was very, very passionate, I think, um, not just about his music, but about his faith. And that was so evident. And, and Harold... You know, he was, he was really a, as you know, a, a, um, he was bigger than life to a lot of people, to his family. Well, bigger his family. than life to me too, man. The guy was just funny. Anytime I spent time around Harold Reed, man, I ended up, my sides were splitting. It, <laughs> funnier off stage than on stage. I got to tell you, the guy was just hilarious. He just come up with stuff that nobody else did. I got two devastating phone calls in the last month or so. The first one was, 
oh my God, Kenny Rogers died. Yes. The other was Harold Reed just passed away. It's like two guys that I've spent my whole career knowing very well and were friends with. And Kenny Rogers, of course, legend Kenny Rogers. I mean, we toured with Kenny Rogers for years. I mean, Kenny was one of the most influential people on us ever, ever. We learn wow. more from Kenny Rogers than anybody. And to lose Kenny and then lose Harold Reed, boy, oh boy, that's, I don't know, that's, that's a little bit uh, numbing right there. It uh, makes you realize how fragile our lives are. Well, Kenny Rogers, I, I remember back when I was in, in high school in speech class, of all things, they, they wanted us to imitate and to learn how to imitate people. Um, so uh, I had to do an imitation of, of Kenny Rogers singing. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe I can pull this off. Well, I actually did. I don't think I, that it was that bad. He probably would have laughed about it. Um, <laughs> but I should have pulled it out of my hat and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do the Oak Ridge Boys. I'm going to do the Statlers um, and, and do that. Um, but, hey, I've always been very, very fond of, of, of Harold. Um, and, and I know that it probably was, was quite devastating, quite uh, uh, hurtful uh, to, to you with knowing him and i know to jimmy fortune as well well jimmy's the one that called me and told me wow uh, i got two, two phone calls back to back jimmy fortune first then our Dwayne allen uh with the, you know the guy who sings next to me with the oaks he called me uh second and um i could i couldn't believe what i was hearing from jimmy when he called i just couldn't believe it but uh he was devastated about it yes and i was too we all have been it was a great loss a uh, great loss to his family and friends. I can only imagine what Don Reed is going through. I really love Don Reed, and uh, I've, I've prayed for him because I know it must losing a brother is hard enough. I think losing a brother as towering as Howard, uh, as Harold, uh, had to be just devastating to Don as well and his family. So one last prayer, note, prayer, prayer for those guys. One last note that I that I do want to touch on uh, because I remember the story um, uh, about this, and I don't know how many people remember it or know about it, but uh, Mr. Golden with with the Oaks, the Oak Ridge Boys, um, he offered um, Harold a kidney back many many years ago when when Harold was going through the the, the beginning stages of of his kidney failure. And no, he, he was crying on stage and he said, he said, no other person has ever offered something like that to me ever. I'll never forget it. Can I go one further than that? Sure. Do you remember the Cathedral Quartet? Oh, Lord, yes. Okay. George Yonks was a dear, dear friend and influencer for me. And you remember George, the great bass singer. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I still think he's the best of all time. Because he could sing those low notes and make them sound so good and so melodic. A lot of bass singers get down there low and they, and they lose their, their melodic tones yes. or their melodic feel or roll. George Youngs would sing low and he would just sound like a lead singer singing low. He was just great. Anyway, uh, when, when George first came up with kidney problems, I would say this would be 25 years ago. When George first started having troubles with his kidneys, and that eventually took him as well. Harold Reed offered George a kidney. Wow. Yeah. That... And George, that, 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 that was amazing. And, and it actually went so far as they were tested. Uh, ladies and gentlemen that are listening, the, uh, these, uh, these artists that, that we're talking about um, uh, with, with uh, the cathedrals, now he could, 
you know, if, if you ever really want to get your rib cage uh, to, to, to rattle, he could rattle the seats in a stadium, every one of them. Um, I mean, it was it was hysterically funny when he would do it deliberately, um, you know, and try to make fun of, of different. And he, he always had a great sense of humor. But, you know, Harold did, too. And um, as what I understand that Harold, he was the jokester. And but everybody loved him. Yes. And you know what, Joe? Um, I said that the interview today would be about a half an hour long. We're at 33 minutes and like eight <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but, you know, it has been an absolute joy, uh, Joe, to have you on um, beyond uh, beyond your wildest imagination, maybe. Um, it really has. Just, just a deep honor. And I, I do want to thank you very, very kindly uh, from the bottom of my heart for being, uh, being uh, on the live show with me today. Well, thank you, sir, and thank you, thank you for uh, reaching out to me. And I was glad we could work this out. Honored to talk to you too, Robert. You're a great broadcaster, man, and I uh, wish you well. Wish you God's blessings on you and your family, and hope to see you somewhere down the road. Oh, absolutely. Let me know if you guys end up coming to to Seattle or to uh, Tacoma or something, and save me a back a backstage pass. I mean, just don't you put got it. Man. <laughs> Don't next next time we play, next time we play the uh, Puyallup Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Puyallup. Uh, you know what? That is so strange because a lot of people don't know how to pronounce that. They say "pull y'all up." What's that? Oh uh, no, it's Pu uh, We've played that fair probably six, seven times over all these years, and it's been a long time since we've been there. So first thing I could think of was the Puyallup Fair. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. That's that's down in Puyallup. That's uh, down. Hey, we have great Seattle memory, though. You want you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. We did it when the when the when the uh, Seattle Mariners were still playing in the Kingdom. That oh, ugly, awful dome. We were the show after a game. And Ken Griffey Jr. was there, and my seats before we ever, you know, before the game was over, and we, we sang, they gave us really good seats. We were like right down behind home plate, kind of down a little bit lower than than uh, than the field. And I could see just right like this, and Ken Griffey came up and hit a home run over the center field wall into the upper deck. And I saw the swing, heard the crack, watched the ball go. That was better than doing the show later. You know what? The the King Dome, I've always... Well, they replaced it. Thank God for miracles. I always thought that, that place was, was... No offense to King County, Washington, Seattle, but that was one of the ugliest places I think that I've ever seen. Just, oh, yeah. I don't even know how they could have built the dome and made it that ugly, to be honest. But I'll tell you another good story. <laughs> <laughs> About four years ago, uh, we were doing a tour up through the Pacific Northwest, and we had uh, a couple days off, so we parked down in Seattle and went to uh, see the Seattle Mariners play the Texans. No, not the Texans. Uh, 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 Dallas team. Um, yeah, no, that's the Tex uh Rangers. The Rangers, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, sports has been gone so long, I'm forgetting them. <laughs> And I'm the biggest baseball fan in the world, but the Rangers, we went to see the Rangers play uh, two nights in a row there. And Ichiro, it was a while back, was Ichiro was still playing with them? And we got to see Ichiro play. And in honor of Ichiro, both games I went to, I, I went up there and paid $22 for an Ichiro. Oh, geez, really? <laughs> it was just a little tuna roll. It tasted great, but I think it was like 22 bucks for like one little Ichiro. 
So anyway, there's my goofy memories to close the interview. You know, the <laughs> I don't know what it is about ballparks. Well, the new one, I don't know if you've been to the new one, though. It has a retractable roof on it, and um, it has a, this. We did get, we, I was there. I saw Ichiro play there. Ah, snap. So you've been here since then. Well, yeah. hey, I would love it for you guys to come back. I really would. And and uh, uh, may, maybe be able to do a photo op and meet you in person and, and, and the group and, and all that. It would be a lot of fun. But uh, you guys bring back so many memories of my childhood, uh, Joe. You. you really Thank do. You. And where I began at, at, a, at a radio station back in the day that was owned by Jimmy Swaggart um, in Houston, um, to spinning uh, country uh, music at a at a, a low powered AM radio. That's the station that got hit by lightning, by the way. Um, and and so I, here I was off the air, and I just turned on the turned the mic on, and I said, "Hey, Don, we're off the air." I don't know why I did that, but I mean, I, I've had some really crazy uh, things happen to me in my career. But um, you know, Joe, it, it is a blessing. It really is talking with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, man. I appreciate it. And you too. Joe, hang on if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Robert Christian Show. We will be back right after this.